Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Royal Caribbean Cruise Line vacations and helping you pick the perfect Royal Caribbean Cruise Line vacation that helps suit your needs. I'm joined this week by our panel of experts, agent consultant, and Royal Caribbean Cruise Line expert, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi. Client Services Manager and Adventures by Disney expert, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Chief Executive Officer of Dreams Unlimited Travel, Peter Werner. Hey, everyone. And we're also joined by our crack production team. In the back, we have associate producer. Crack or on crack? No, just crack. Okay. Rhino Clavin. Hello. And Craig Williams. Hi. Thank you, everybody. Um, this week, we're talking about Royal Caribbean Cruises, something that um, most of us have been on a Royal Caribbean cruise that we're very excited about. We love Royal Caribbean as a, as a destination and as a way of vacationing. Um, but with over 25 ships in their fleet and hundreds of ports of call, it could be kind of daunting to pick the right Royal Caribbean Cruise Line vacation for you, especially with the difference in onboard activities and meals and all the things that go along with uh, going on a cruise. Luckily, we have uh, Tracy Heinrichs with us. She is a Royal Caribbean Cruise Line expert, and she's going to help us sort of break down Royal Caribbean, and we're going to talk about our experiences on the various ships and cruising that will hopefully help you Pick a great Royal Caribbean vacation. So, Tracy, why don't you start us off and tell us what you got. All right. Well, the first question I get asked a lot is, I get asked a lot about why Royal Caribbean, um, how does it compare to Disney? Um, so that's the first question we get a lot of. Um, and so I would say, in my opinion, I think Disney is still, I, I think they're the top of the game. I do. And so what happens with Royal, with why I have clients wanting to go to Royal Caribbean, it's more about what's next. So we've done Disney, we've done it several times, maybe, or maybe our kids are getting older, or with only four ships, the itineraries cannot be so varied. And so it's about going to um, something different, trying something new. And uh, I think Royal Caribbean fits that bill for a lot of families. We think that you know Disney is really the great family cruise line, but Royal Caribbean seems to make that next stage, uh, fit the next stage better when the kids are sort of a little bit more grown, yeah. not quite as young, and also people traveling, single travelers. Also, I think, the main, yeah, I think the main, one of the main factors where people who've done Disney go to Royal is price point. It is, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's, I, I'm finding that more and more now. I think uh, Disney's price points are just getting higher than they were before, um, especially during the popular cruising times, mm-hmm. uh, during the summer months when families are looking to travel. So we're finding the gap in pricing, especially in you know July and August, can be quite a bit different over Royal Caribbean. The other thing is, though, Royal Caribbean has over 25 ships in the fleet. So they've got a lot of cabins to fill. Right, exactly. So their price point is just going to be different than Disney with four ships. Right. Um, and so, the you know, the demand obviously is different. So that helps to, to account for some of the price. I think some of the reason, though, is also because Royal Caribbean ships have other revenue streams on board. You know, for example, the casino. Mm-hmm. So cruise lines are relying on things like the casino, more specialty dining restaurants, drink packages, things like that. Uh, those are additional revenue streams. So whereas Disney, you're, you're not spending all of that money on board. So they need to rely on, right. on the price point up front. I actually saw a very interesting documentary a couple years ago now. So I'm not sure exactly how true this is. But they follow Royal, Cru- Royal Caribbean Cruise through its economic life. 
And it wasn't until three or four days in that the cruise started to actually make money for them. So it wasn't the bookings that were the driving force of the revenue. It was everything else. Right. And I think I, I can't say for sure, but my guess is that Disney works on the opposite model that they're relying on their revenue from the bookings right. um, as opposed to the onboard experience. So I think that's part of it. And then with the different ships, 25 different ships also means, I think there's like seven different classes of ships with Royal Caribbean. So it also means there's a lot of differences between ships. So you may get, um, you know, you may have something that's sailing, you know, a little lesser itinerary that's using one of the older ships. So comparing that to what the new, you know, the Oasis or the Quantum class ships are doing, <clears throat> excuse me, is quite a bit different as well. What, what Royal Caribbean has done as well is they've actually made the ship the destination. Right. There are times when Kevin and I have said, listen, we want to go on a cruise. We don't really care where it goes. You can go to the Caribbean. We'll stay on the ship. It could actually we- just go 12 or 15 miles out and just park and we're okay. But we don't actually have to even move. It's more about the ship experience itself. I think mm-hmm. Royal Caribbean fits that need very well. And that's exactly true. Um, especially, you know, you, and you notice that. And I think Disney does the same thing. Um, cruise companies will put their biggest, fanciest ships on the more mundane itineraries. You know, Eastern, Western, Caribbean. Anybody who's cruised with any kind of regularity, they've been there, done that. But, you know, as John said, the cruise, the ship, that's the destination. So when you look at something like an Alaska sailing or maybe um, a Southern Caribbean at a San Juan, different things like that, whereas you're at a different port every day, the itinerary is the star of that. Right. So they'll use a ship with a, maybe a little bit less features in order to accommodate that. So There's also something to be said about the size of the ship and where it can absolutely. go. Absolutely. That's so the, that's also a consideration. Some of the larger ships can't fit into... Um, some of the smaller ports. Right. And so sometimes you'll have a client who'll say, I want to sail out of Baltimore because it's nice and close to me. And you can with Royal Caribbean. However, it may not be one of the larger, brighter, newest, you know, all the amenity ships. So, um, and sometimes when people are comparing pricing, you're also comparing um, maybe a little bit of apples and, and oranges because what happens is with Royal Caribbean, because there's so many different ships in the fleet, you might be comparing a much lesser ship to what a, you know, what a Disney fantasy or dream would be. Agreed. Um, Craig had a nice uh, graphic up behind you. I was hoping we can get a chance to see that. Just an example of what uh, we're looking at as far as the classes of ships and the number of ships in each class. And this is just growing. Royal Caribbean is just adding more and more ships. And again, more and more wow factor. A couple of weeks ago on the show, we looked at the Anthem of the Seas, their newest uh, quantum class ship. And just they're trying to pack so much more cool stuff into those ships to sort of attract the cruisers who are more repeat cruisers over and over again. Now, there's another. There, is there another slide that shows the rest of the classes on this? I think that's well. There, okay, there they are. So yeah, quite a few ships in their fleet. And you can see as you get to the different classes, they're just different features, different benefits, um, a lot of similarities between them. But there'll be a lot of differences. You know, as far as you know, if you get on the Oasis class ships with the comedy clubs and the ice rinks, and you know, right. the anthem with the with the bumper cars. I guess the idea is that you don't want, um, as a client or somebody looking to book Royal Caribbean, you don't want to assume that these are fleet-wide. And so then uh, one of our biggest jobs as agents, I think, is managing people's expectations. Well, and I think along those lines, one of the things that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is shared, but what I find is on the Freedom uh, and the Oasis class, and I'm assuming on the Quantum class, I haven't done a Quantum, one of the Quantum class ships, 
service level is outstanding um, from the crew. And I've said many times that I don't find too much daylight between the service I get on Disney and the service I get on Royal Caribbean. When I'm on the Freedom or the Oasis class ships, you get onto those Voyager class and the Radiance class, and it's a very different story. Uh, I was on two Radiance class ships last year, uh, one out of Port Canaveral doing a Bahamas run and the other out of... Um, out of Seattle, uh, out of Seattle for, for Alaska. <laughs> and Alaska, I have to tell you, the service, uh, the service on those two ships was identical, which is to say not very good. Um, so I think the radiance, that's a, the actual radiance of the sea is from uh, Sydney to Oahu. It was 18 days. And I found the service on that ship entirely the same as I did on all the other ships. Do you know what I think you're all seeing the difference? Um, this is my speculation. I think you're seeing a difference in itineraries. I think what's happening is something like, um, like in Alaska, Alaska's the star. So I think they might be understaffing them or, you know, because we noticed it when we were on a Norwegian ship to Hawaii as well. This looked Staff to me, a few, what I, again, this is, this is just from two cruises. Um, so this is just my opinion. I mean, I've been on a lot of cruises. I'm fairly knowledgeable about the industry. Um, and I've been doing enough reviews for tw- the last 20 years that I can tell when something's systemic. And this felt like a systemic issue to me on those ships that, there just isn't the same push for quality and customer service that I saw on the Freedom class and the the, the Oasis class. And these are ships where um, the itinerary is the star, which makes me think that it could be systemic. That it's you know we, we're not going to put all of our extra effort over there. In, we're not going to put our A team on this particular exactly ship. Yeah. because we'll put them on the Oasis and the Freedom where the ship is the destination. And so it may be that simple because of Bahamas as well, kind of in the industry has the same kind of thing. People are going to do three and four night Bahamases no matter what you do with them. They're just going to do exactly. that. So I just think you're not, maybe you're not putting your best foot forward on those sailings. It's interesting because you would see it, you know, being on the Radiance on the 18 night, a very different itinerary where, again, the ship and that experience would be very important. You'd have a lot of sea days. Yeah, yeah. and by contrast, you know, especially on the Oasis which I've been on a few times. You guys have been on a few times. Mm-hmm. I, you know, first of all, the ship itself is absurdly gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, just, you've never seen anything like it. It's a floating city. So what there is to do on the ship blows away any other cruise line. Blows away any other cruise line. And the quality of the, of the crew was outstanding, in my opinion, on every one of the sailings I did. And, you know, yeah, doing the Caribbean's a lot of fun, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It is secondary. For me, those ships are the best comparison against Disney. Yeah. That, you know, the price point for staterooms that are pretty much the same size, uh, in some cases larger, uh, are, I've seen them as much as half the price. Well, I was looking a little bit this summer just to kind of get a feel and I was looking at a sailing in July for a family of four. And the Oasis was coming in, I don't know, probably in the neighborhood of $2,500 to $3,000 less. Um, I do think a family of four is going to spend more on board. So I think that, that price point, that difference would, would narrow. You know, you're paying for soda packages, for example. Um, there's more opportunities 
for uh, specialty dining. Uh, I find that on the Royal Caribbean ships in the main dining room, it's a lot more of a on a bland menu almost, more of a standard menu with the hopes that you're going to to upcharge. Uh, kids clubs on Royal Caribbean ships can have a charge as well. So after a certain time, you're paying to have your kids in the clubs. Um, so there's there's other considerations. That's one of the questions we seem to get the most about people who are interested in Royal Caribbean is how do the kids clubs compare to Disney? And that's one of the things that's also ship-to-ship variant. It's very... You see very, a big yeah. difference in ship-to-ship. Uh, you toured, was it the Allure or the Oasis? Mm-hmm, I've been on them both. Yep. What did you think of their kids' clubs? The kids' clubs are, are second to Disney, I would say that. No question. Um, but they weren't... Um, I've been on some really. I've been in, in some really bad ones. We were on one ship um, when Ben was much younger, and the kids' club was a room with beanbag chairs and a wall of TVs. Mm-hmm. That was kids' club. So that that used when to you, be on uh, the Radiance class. That's yeah. what we saw. That we, used to be industry standard for sure. And then Disney came along and they changed the rules on that. And so now Royal Caribbean's catching up. So some on their newer ships, they're starting to in- introduce more kids programming and things like that. And so I find that their spaces are getting much better. Um, their programming is getting better. It's just sometimes there's a fee involved. Whereas with Disney, you drop your kids off for the, you know, for the day, they're feeding them lunch, there's no fees. So there's that difference. So right. I think the quality of the club is starting to catch up, but just be aware that there could be some charges for it. Well, you know what some people say, though, is that, yeah, they're aware that uh, there are extra charges for certain things in Royal Caribbean. Right. But what they prefer is that they get to choose exactly. what they're paying for, yep. as opposed to paying the higher price on Disney, regardless. Right. And that's our job as agents. Our job as agents is to manage people's expectations. Right. It's not to say that, you know, everything's going to be wonderful, everything's going to be great, boo, you're going to love it. It's if there's something that I think you should expect that may not necessarily be a positive, I'm going to make sure you know up front. I really want to manage your expectations because I find if you, when I have clients come back and they're disappointed or they're upset about something, it's because they weren't expecting something to happen. So you want to manage as much of that as possible. So talking about the cost of the kids' clubs isn't a negative. It's not a negative thing. It's just, just, just what fact. it is. It's right. Just, exactly. It's what it is. And the same thing with the dining. We like the fact that there's multiple options to dine and we don't mind the upcharge um, because it adds to the experience for us. I also think, too, when we talk about upcharge for the specialty dining, we have to be cautious and let people know this is minimal. Yes. You're not going to go in and have to pay restaurant prices and pay you know, $200 for a meal or something like that. You're talking about $10, $15 per person, maybe as a surcharge. And they say it's to cover the, um, the tips for that wait staff. I don't know how true that is. I I think the most expensive upcharge is on the Oasis class ship for a restaurant called 150 park. Mm -hmm. And 150 park is a multi-course dining experience. And I think it's $45. Right. Yeah, we're talking minimal cost here. And it's the same thing with the kids' programming. We're not talking about big dollars. Um, You know, you're not going to, you're certainly not going to make up that price difference in kids' club charges. And with a soda package, a soda package is $8 a person a day. So that's one difference. People who are used to sailing Disney, used to having dinner and ordering a soda, and it's all included, or having the soda fountains where they can go. And one of the things that I like to talk about that for just a second, people say that all the time. Well, on Disney, the soda is free, but on these other cruise lines, I have to pay for a package. The the differences in the type of soda you get. Yes. I think Disney soda is, you know, um, is fountain soda that's made to a certain ratio that's not pleasant, in my opinion. And But I also, on the Royal Caribbean ships, you get to do the freestyle 
machines, right. which lets you pick any type of soda, any combination of flavors. These machines are in several locations through the ship, so you can go anywhere you want and, and have this drink. To your we ex- explain to people all the time, well, people will say, well, do I have to buy the soda package? You don't. No. No. You can buy a soda per soda. Yeah. You can- and, and Chris doesn't buy the soda package. He's perfectly fine with the free things that are offered. Um, you know, the, you can get free, usually everywhere where there's a buffet, there's a free ice water or free iced tea or lemonade. Or lemonade. So there's are, there are things available. It's not like you're not going to be able to drink if you don't buy some kind of a drink package. And there's also people who have, you know, don't drink as much soda as I do. Right. So, you know, ordering a soda with dinner doesn't equate buying a package. But we tell people buying the drink package the same thing. Figure out how many drinks Mm -hmm. a day you're going to consume, and then you'll be able to figure out if the drink package is beneficial to you. And it's also not free on Disney. It's part of the prepayment that you pay in that higher booking fee. Right, and so exactly. that's one of the things I explain to people as well. Um, I explain it a little bit. If you're staying, you know, staying at a Disney resort and you're staying in a value, you have the option of upping to the deluxe dining. You have the option of a whole lot of add-ons. It's the same kind of thing when you're booking a Royal Caribbean. You might be booking at a lower price point coming in, and now you have the options of what extras and upcharges you're going to have. But I don't think you would have to work really hard, other than a casino bill. <laughs> not talking to you. Uh, other than listening. a casino bill, you would have to work really, really hard to bring the price up to the cost of a Disney cruise with up charges. You would, yeah, because the, uh, what would do it are things that you couldn't do on Disney. So, like for example, or it would be the same. So you might do it with an alcohol charge. You know, if you were drinkers and having wine with dinner, you could you could certainly rack up that bill. But you would also do that on a Disney ship or um, certain excursions and things like that. But again, right. but again, those are the same. You would pay those either way. Um, so I think it's just it's not it's not a negative that there's these extra charges with Royal Caribbean. It's just something that you need to know when you're looking at these. Exactly. And for people comparing between, you know, when I have clients that have been Disney clients that I've, you know, I've kind of watched their kids grow and now that you see they're starting to age out, um, you know, I, I try to steer them towards the Oasis, the Allure. Right. Um, you know, the Freedom on some itineraries as well. Actually, um, the Freedom is my favorite yeah, ship. Yeah. I like the Freedom a lot. The, oh, my mother just got off the Freedom today. Yeah. Sure. The, new, the new ships, I mean, as we talked about the Anthem. Last month, oh man, yeah. you know, just love that. And ship. honestly, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, the absolute best uh, recommendation I could give for Royal Caribbean is I just put my mother and my two aunts on that cruise. I'm not with them; they're in a suite, they're in concierge. That's how much I trust the is service. It your mom on and her ships. sisters? Yeah. Oh, I wish uh, we had gone with them. Yeah, really? Next time, tell us. <laughs> so we love them. That. Uh, you know, honest. That's the best plug I can give really? for Royal is that exactly. I will trust them with my mom um, on a Freedom class or better. Right, and that's not kind of a, where I'm at. That. And sometimes people want, like, I mean, Royal Caribbean sails everywhere. They're sailing right. in Europe. They're sailing. You know, the new anthem is now out of New Jersey. They're, they're doing. They're in Asia. They even have sailings out of Dubai. I mean, Royal Caribbean is everywhere. Yeah. So if it's itinerary based, then the ship is sort of what it is. So when it's an itinerary-based cruise, then we just talk about the ship and some of the things that you can expect. There's also something happening that Royal Caribbean is doing is as their ships go into dry dock, as they're upgrading Mm -hmm. their ships, they're making them Oasis-ized. Right. You know, they're adding those added things that people are saying they like so much on the Oasis-class ships to those other ships so that people find a, have a better experience. So it's not like you're always going to ride on, you'd be on a ship that's in terrible shape. Eventually they're going to fix it and they're right. going to make it 
a little bit more appealing, but there's also limitations. You know, they right. can't put a flow rider on an older ship. Well, again, that's the way it is. I'll tell you, the Radiance class ships that I've been on, I thought they were in excellent condition. Mm-hmm. I thought they looked beautiful and they were very well maintained. That wasn't my issue. Yeah. It wasn't my issue that it was a smaller ship. My issue was the staff was staff. rude. Yeah, it's, it's curious to me the way that you said it and with the itineraries that you set it on and then you know, Kevin and John having a good experience. So I kind of wonder if it's something about that. It's we're not going to put her. Do you also no, think it's too- also possible. It's also possible. I just had bad luck twice in a row. <laughs> yeah. um, Do you also think too, I think sometimes, um, especially when there's a newer ship, we find that the, that the crew goes to the newer ships. Yes. I almost think the crew also goes to the more exciting itineraries. So you get the people who have been there the longest are saying, listen, I want to be now on a ship that's going somewhere else rather than to the Caribbean over and over and over again. And I also think there's certain ships that the crew is excited about. Like when we get on that anthem, they were so excited to show us that ship. And I think that's part of it too. But yeah, it's interesting to see how that dynamic. So that's that's kind of all I'll say about choosing a ship, you know. When, as an agent, you want to know from your clients, is this an itinerary-based cruise? Is it a ship-based cruise? I would consider, for the most part, Caribbean to be ship-based. I know some people like Eastern or Western, and, and they want to go to these different islands. For the most part, I could drop you in the middle of any island, and you wouldn't necessarily be sure where you were. <laughs> so, you know, those when I talk itinerary-based, I'm talking about the big stuff. I'm talking about right. Alaska. I'm talking about Europe. I'm talking about, you know... Mediterranean. Mediterranean. You know, I just to, just not to... Disagree with me? No, no not to keep <laughs> piling this on, but you're not going to find one of the big ships, one of right. the Oasis class ships, or, or the in some place like the Mediterranean. Some of those ports are tighter. Yes. I so they use. Yep, smaller, more intimate ships. Right. Yeah. Um, I know that the it, um, the Navigator class ships mm-hmm. do the mediterranean cruise so you really have to i always i think you should pick your itinerary first yeah i think that's really important where if do that's you want to go focus. if that's your focus right. if you if this is going to be an itinerary based vacation for you right. then definitely pick your itinerary first and then we'll see what ship we get to match um but if your focus is a cruise vacation then we really want to get you on the oasis the allure the freedom the Anthem. You know, these are the ships that we want. And the good news is, very soon, the Oasis will be out of Port Canaveral. It will be. And we'll be, don't forget our podcast cruise. Podcast cruise in December. I still have some space. So if you're interested, pop me an email. And That's uh, this year. It is this year. This we can finally say <laughs> this year we are going. It seems like forever that we've been planning it. It does. Um, and every once in a while, I get some cancellations. I've got some group space. For the most part, we're going with whatever Royal Caribbean's pricing is and then we can move you into the group every once in a while i've been able to work some magic so just email me if you're interested and i'll let you know what we've got the best we can all right so beyond ship what else do we want to let people know about royal caribbean um you want to know about staterooms uh with royal caribbean uh triple and quad space is a lot more limited than it is on a disney ship disney built ships with family in mind so every stateroom on a disney ship can sleep at least three when people go to Royal Caribbean, they're surprised that the majority of, of staterooms on a Royal Caribbean ship sleep two. So triple and quad space is at a premium. Finding staterooms that sleep five are very rare. Uh, so stateroom can be an issue. I just want to say that other than Disney, most cruise ships. Absolutely. This is norm in the industry. Yeah, Disney definitely right. created De- a yeah. different class. Exactly. Disney's different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when we were on the, uh, when we just did the Viking, I realized yeah. Viking, river and yeah, ocean yeah. are different, but there were no staterooms that no. slept more than two. No. 
Disney has uh, yeah. commissioned Disney create, a ship. Yeah, they created knows. their own class for family cruising. But that's uh, once yeah. you step away from Disney, norm. that right. Yeah. And then I'm going to throw one more monkey wrench into what you just said. That's changing with the new ships. It is a little. Yep. They're the starting to do these. Ships. Yeah. They're starting to do these interconnecting staterooms to give larger families more options. Um, the other thing is when looking at staterooms, I would say um, often with Royal Caribbean, we can get a family of four into connecting staterooms for not much more than putting them all into one stateroom is. Craig, I don't know how that's going to look, but can you bring up the graphic that's behind Tracy? It's a little small. To yeah. on the, see on the screen, but you can see that you know similar sizing. I right. mean, I think this was yeah, this was comparison the Oasis and the Allure. I think um, the Fantasy it came in. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it was something like twenty five square feet bigger than what Royal Caribbean was doing in their Ocean View category. So when you get to the balcony cabins, they're very similar in size. Um, they just don't have the bedding options. So. With Royal Caribbean now, some of these inside staterooms, they're like, you know, they can be 120, 130 square feet. So you're talking a couple twin beds and that's it. So putting a family of four into a stateroom like that may mean that there's two uppers. So think about two, si- two sets of bunk beds. This is Ugh. how your family of four is sleeping. That sounds brutal. So not ideal for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why um, Royal Caribbean does a dis- doesn't discount the third and fourth person as much as Disney does, which means sometimes, as I said, putting a family of four into connecting staterooms makes more sense, gives them a little bit more space, more space for very little dollar value. Bathroom, two full bathrooms. Two bathrooms. Two, yeah. In some cases, balconies exactly. or windows. So we always want to be... times they can um, take out the divider between your balcony. Yes. So you could have one large balcony. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, with, so I was going to say with staterooms, we just always want to be aware of size, but we also want to be aware of bedding options. So you need to know going in, again, managing expectations, if your kids are going to be sleeping on bunks above your head. Are you going to talk about choosing a stateroom on a ship? Is that part of your talk? Because I think that's important. I think it's important for you to know yourself. I think whether, I hear people say all the time, I buy the cheapest stateroom on the lower floor because I'm never in my stateroom. I throw my stuff down and I'm out. Yep. I sleep there and I like the inside stateroom because it's dark. Yep. As a family, I can tell you that probably more than half of our cruises have been in inside staterooms. Um, inside staterooms on a Disney ship, though, are larger. Like often I have to go to a balcony size on another ship. Yeah, they ship. just seem nicer, yeah. Yeah. So I have to go to a balcony size on another ship in order to get the interior space. We're not, I don't care about the balcony so much. I'm rarely out there. It doesn't mean anything to me, but I need the interior space. So, now see, John and I are different. Yeah. We actually use our stateroom right. on a cruise. We'll order room service and yes. stay in the stateroom and work or read or watch yeah. TV. And, and we just don't. Right. So, and that's the difference as well when you're choosing staterooms. I think that's what you have to know yourself. Yes, you what have you to know. Be- yeah. And some people are claustrophobic, and the idea of being in a room without windows is. Just, you know, outside of anything they can imagine. I also want to talk about location of your stateroom on a ship. We hear this a lot. Oh, I don't want to get seasick. I don't want to be too far forward, too far back. Depending on the uh, class of ship, you never feel the movement. I don't know about you, but on Oasis and Allure, I've never felt uh, any I can tell you, ships. Chris gets motion sickness. So this is a very real thing for us. And I keep saying Chris. Chris is my husband, for those that don't know. Um, he gets motion sickness. So where we are can make a difference sometimes. So we try to avoid the extreme front, the extreme back. And I mean extreme. Even on the big ships? Even on the big ships. Wow, that yeah. surprises you can, me. We've, if, we've, he's gotten sick on the Oasis before. If you're, if you're 
sensitive. If you're prone Higher to Higher and more to the center. Yes. That's what you want. Right. Um, but Although what I will that's say what everybody is, else wants too. Right. But And so because of that, that's the way uh, staterooms are priced as well. So the closer to the center you are, the higher the deck, you're going to pay more. These are typically your balcony staterooms. You can get some inside there as well. So location is going to make a difference in price for sure. Um, but what I will say as well, when people say to me about motion sickness, keep in mind, you're only in there for the most part when you're sleeping. So people will put so much concern into, well, I can't be here or there because of motion sickness. But chances are that's not where you're getting sick. You're going to be in the theaters and in the restaurants and you're all over the ship. So it doesn't necessarily eliminate it. It just means when you're laying down, you're not rocking quite so much. So that was one thing important about staterooms. Keep in mind, location means price. Closer you are to the middle, higher the deck, the more you're going to pay. And then you're going to pay based on price inside whether you've got a window or not, you're going to pay more. Whether you have a balcony, you're going to pay more. And then once we get into the suites as well, you're going to pay more. Exactly. But you really have to, I, I, again, I'm going to belabor it one more second. You really have to know what you want to do with your yes. stateroom. Yes. Are you going to enjoy your stateroom? Are you going to enjoy your balcony? Yep. Or are you going to get up first thing in the morning and not see it again until you go to bed? I, I will say this too. If you are the kind of person that likes getting the suites, you get a lot more for your money on Royal than you do yes. on Disney. Especially well, now, well, with the new suite right. classes while, that they're introducing. While I I find that the concierge on Disney are exceptional, um, I find the same thing on, on Royal. Uh, mm -hmm. Exceptional concierges. Uh, and the size of the suite, the, just everything about it. Yes. And oftentimes, again, half the price. Than Disney. Than Disney, Disney over Disney. Um, Tracy touched on this. We learned on the on the last selling that the Royal Caribbean is switching over to a new suite uh, program, depending on the type of room you book, will be different services. And it's very complicated. I don't know if we can really go into it. But it's everything from the re regular concierge stuff where you can get, you know, um, a special area for seating at uh, shows and priority into restaurants to all sorts of things like first off the ship um, priority spots on excursions so they're really upping yeah. their game oh they have a pillow menu the star class uh, the star class suites is the new highs and these are on the um, the oasis and the quantum class sh ships that they're introducing it but the star class which is your highest end suites these are getting a, what they're calling a royal genie which is your own butler um, they're coming with Unlimited drink packages included. They're coming with uh, specialty dining, complimentary, complimentary internet, complimentary uh, lawn. I mean, everything. And the Oasis class ships, I now understand that they have a sweet restaurant. They do. Coastal yep. Kitchen, I think yep. is the name of it. So you have and access to that plus only, the lounge. Right. Yeah. So they're introducing. So now when you're in this new sweet class, it's really become almost an all-inclusive vacation. So you've got your genie, you've got your concierge, your genie being your butler, you've got your concierge. And by the way, that genie will pack and unpack. So if you're okay with somebody packing and unpacking your house. underwear, come to my me house. either. No, no. <laughs> no, me either. That's not a service I will be using. We were um, on a Norwegian ship and we had a butler. Um, <laughs> I almost dropped him off in Maui. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, you, we had the same butler. Yeah. And he, he threw was, things at he us. He was amazing with us. Well, I was on the same ship with you, Pete. Remember, your butler was amazing, and mine was like yours were offering up, offering up movies and all this, and mine could barely bring me a drink. <laughs> now we're on the Norwegian ship, and we had somebody who had a different butler, and he would 
unsolicited bring her the drink of the day just in case she might like yeah. it. Our butler walked in, and I'm not exaggerating, was on his cell phone talking to somebody and looked at John and held out a plate and went, are you going to take this? And then when John didn't move fast enough, dropped it on the table and walked out on his cell phone. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Yeah, no, definitely not the experience yeah, I It's so funny. So there will be royal genies in oh, the star I pot. guess this goes back to the level of service. Right. Yes. I think sometimes... You know, now I would say the butlers on the Norwegian ship were horrible. However, Kathy Schmidt, I think she wanted to pack him and take him home. So I guess maybe, you know, it, yeah. maybe it's you just know, experience are, on any given people day. People are people. People have bad days. They have bad weeks. Some, and sometimes personalities, right. personalities don't clash. mix. Personalities right. clash sometimes. So very interesting. If you're thinking about sailing suites. Um, you know, th- this highest level. Now, obviously, there's multiple different levels, and I'll see if there's some kind of a graphic I can get to Craig that we can put on the show notes page, um, just to kind of break it down a little bit. But they're they're really up in their game. And then starting with sailings after May of this year, so huh. it'd be it'd be very interesting to see what they do that with that. Be, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. One of the things that I like to let people know is that the Royal Caribbean ships tend to have more for what I consider tweens, yes, and a little bit older young adults. Um, again, this all depends on what ship you take or the class of ship that you take, but there's tons of activities out there. And I think that's important for people to consider when they're looking at booking a Royal Caribbean cruise is how old are your kids? What is their activity level? What are they looking to do? Um, we just sent a family on a Royal Caribbean cruise who's always booked Disney, but their kids are of that age. Right. And I think that's really important is that they, those kids, when they get bored, that's a problem. You know, you don't want them bored on a ship. So there are things like the Flow Rider, which is a simulated uh, surfing mm-hmm. thing. I don't know what you call it. Surfing. <laughs> I think that's surfing what they call simulator. it. Yeah. I think <laughs> surfing thing. I think that's the oh, official that's word. Anything. I'm just going to let you struggle. <laughs> Are you? Thanks. Um, zip lining, rock climbing walls, miniature golf. Ice skating. Ice skating like, on some ships. Yeah. So there's a sports area, I think, that's really cool for kids that age. And there's it's got its own little... Um, Snack bar up there that goes with the sports area. And I, I don't spend a lot of time up there, but I have toured up there, and I think it's pretty great. I think that they've really upped their game and went a step further than just we're going to put those kids in either a lounge or a video arcade. Right. So what with Disney has perfected, I believe they've perfected the kids' clubs and that programming and that area. Royal Caribbean has taken it around the ship. So it's not that the kids just have an area. There's a lot of areas around the ship that are for the kids, especially as we were talking about the Oasis and the Quantum Class ship. I was surprised on the Anthem ship. Usually the teen clubs are tucked in a dark corner behind the broom closet kind of thing or in a smokestack. The teen club on the Anthem was right at the entrance to the buffet. Right. And I thought that was kind of cool. It was right in the middle of everything. The buffet was there at their disposal also. And I bet you that serves two purposes. They feel more included and have access to stuff. They're not sort of sequestered away. But the adults probably like it in that they can sort of see what's going on rather than it being sort of covert. So we talk about ages, and people always ask, you know, what what age group would you say? I think kids, I would say 8 to 10. You know your kids better than I do. But I would say 8 to 10 and younger. Um may f- have a little bit of a harder time finding things to do on the Royal Caribbean ship. Now, that's different as well if you always do things as a family. Some people will go on a cruise, and part of what they like is that the kids go off and do their programming, the parents can do their own thing, and then they all come together. 
whereas other families do things together all the time. So that's going to depend a little. But I would say when your kids are 10, 12, that's the age that they're really starting to get into what Royal Caribbean is offering. Right. That's what, in my opinion, anyway, I think that's... Speaking of age groups, I would also tell you that Royal Caribbean is probably the most diverse... There's the most age diversity. Yes. From very young to older. Yes. Uh, some some cruise lines skew a little bit older. Right. I understand. I've never been on a celebrity cruise, but I understand that. Depending on the itinerary, they certainly can. Yeah. So and Disney, a lot of times, because of the younger children, that um, they skew younger sometimes. All right, so let's talk a little bit about food. That's a question I get a lot about Royal Caribbean. How's the food? How's the food compared to other cruise lines? Um, Kevin and I very rarely go to the main dining rooms. We don't find the food in the main dining rooms that appealing. But we also find that we are we don't want to be going with the masses. You know, maybe we want to be in the casino and we want to have a late dinner, so we'll go to the buffet. Or um, we would like to try the specialty restaurants. We enjoy the specialty restaurants very much. So as far as that other, let me just finish this. As far as the other options on Royal Caribbean go, I think they're actually better than I've experienced on Disney. I know there's this sacred Palo Remy thing that you can't, you know, talk bad about those options on the Disney Cruise Line ships. I think the specialty restaurants on Royal Caribbean have always been better. And I think the buffet blows uh, Disney away. We're also not good about having dinner at the same time every night. Um, one of the things available on a Royal Caribbean ship is my time dining. Right. So that you get to choose when you have dinner. Because if you've been out at a port all day, the idea of rushing home and showering to get ready to go to dinner doesn't appeal to me. I'm on vacation. I'm not really good about rushing. Um, so the idea that there are options available to me, and one of the things that we think is very, very cool on the newer ships, at every intersection, every elevator bank, there is usually a screen that you can touch, and it will tell you, if you're interested in one of the specialty restaurants, you can see what capacity that restaurant is at the moment. So if you think, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Well, let's see what's not busy. And you can go to a restaurant that has 25% capacity as the one that's going 85%. So it's, I find those options very liberating. However, there are people who like, right. we're getting together as a family, we're going to dress up, we're going to go to dinner. So Right. And I think, I would say we qualify as anti-cruisers. We are like anti-every, you know, that traditional cruising thing we're just not we like to eat when we want and so i find with disney i have an appointment to eat every day at the same time and i may or may not be sitting at a table with other people that i don't know and who've just become my friends and i have you know many clients who love that aspect of cruising i hate it i hate having to make fake conversation with people i don't know it's not my thing so i love on royal caribbean that i eat when i want i eat where i want if I don't want to eat, I don't. If I want to eat at 8 o'clock, I do. If I want to eat at 4, I do. So the dining to me and the flexibility of the dining f- far surpasses anything that I can get on Disney. Now, I know Disney has the rotational dining and the three restaurants, and that's that's a big thing. And again, an industry first. But the uh, other thing is we don't want I, – I, I'm going to speak for you. None of us are saying that one way is better. No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. not right? it's, it's just, just that, different. 
But there's an option on Royal Caribbean that right. I find not available right. on Disney. Right. right. So Royal Caribbean still has the traditional dining. Right. They still have the traditional first and second seating, if that's what you like. They have my time that Kevin mentioned. And with my time, um, basically, you can choose to either book those in advance for whatever time you want to dine or just show up that day and wait for the next table to be available. Um, so they do have my time. They also, on the new uh, quantum class ships, are introducing dynamic dining. And dynamic is a little bit different in that it's a little bit of that rotational that you get at Disney. There's you know different restaurants that you'll rotate through. So you can do traditional dynamic where they rotate you through them and give you a schedule. And same table, same people. Or you can do it in that my time kind of way. So you can decide which restaurants, maybe two of the three you really like and you right. want to eat in those all the there time. There might be a cuisine that you're leaning right. on. One of the things like. that I thought was fascinating about these new quantum class ships is they don't have the uh, traditional main dining room. Right. What they've done is they've made the main dining time and restaurants separate themes. And I think there were three or four themes. And these are included in the cost. But what they are is I know there was um, an Asian-inspired restaurant called Silk. Now, while that sounds like a specialty restaurant, it's what any What's other it? ship would consider main dining. You could go to that restaurant. I think there was one that was like American Classics. Right. And there was like, I think a French, I want to say mm -hmm. a French-themed. But these are just different choices you have within that main dining. I hate doing that, but that main dining kind of thing. And I mean, and the Anthem had a, a Johnny, or Johnny Oliver, a Jamie Oliver restaurant. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the specialty restaurants. So they just elevated dining to a different <laughs> level. And just to give you that flexibility, and I'm finding more and more clients that I'm speaking to, they don't want to have to plan every aspect of the cruise before they go. They want, you know, they don't want to have that appointment for dinner. They don't want to have to dress up for dinner. People are busy. Families are busy. They're going on vacation because they want to spend time together. I find more and more families are asking for their own table. When they're dining, they're asking me to put in that request because they just want to have time with their family. And so I think with the Royal Caribbean dining format, it really lends itself to that. I think it's much more flexible than yeah. Disney's, Disney's dining. But can still be traditional if that's what you want it mm -hmm. to be. Uh, the other thing that people go on cruises for is entertainment. Um, Disney is well known for their entertainment and their class of entertainment. Royal Caribbean has great entertainment as well. It's not my thing. I don't go for the shows. I don't go for that type of thing. But they a do lot have of this do. new Broadway at Sea program yeah. where they're really, you know, on the anthem, we saw We Will Rock You. Um, I've seen Hairspray on the Oasis. I think the Oasis Grease is doing is something else. Grease is coming to one We've of the We've seen ships. Chicago on one of the uh -huh. ships. So I want to. Yeah, Mamma Mia, I think, is on the Oasis now. So what I want people to know is that that's available to them as well. Right. Yeah. That entertainment is available to them. There's plenty of bars to go to there's live music you can do there's the casino that kevin and i enjoy very much so you know people say well i'm going to get bored on Royal caribbean because it's not disney and i'm not doing you know the, the disney shows all of those things are still available to you just in a different package in a different format um let's um Let's wrap this up. Let's, uh, Tracy, is there anything last minute you want to say? You want to sort of summarize? What I think we're the biggest about? thing I want to say is that Royal Caribbean is a really viable option for families, for couples. There's a lot of variety in itineraries and ships, and uh, there's a lot out there. So it's not that we're saying this is better than Disney, go try it. We're just saying if you're ready, want to try something different, if you're looking for a different experience, that's the one. And Royal Caribbean often runs a lot of promotions as well. So it's, it's very common to see a buy one, get one half off, uh, different promotions, different discounts. So there's, there's a lot out there. I want to add to something you just said. It's 
it's not that we love this one better. I think you come to points in your life where certain things fit better. Yep. And I exactly. think that if you're the family who has found that you might not fit in the Disney mold anymore, there are other options out there. Excellent, excellent. Again, kind of seems a little complicated, seems a little overwhelming. If you're looking for more information on Royal Caribbean, please write to Tracy. Uh, she will help you out. Or you can write to me, and I'll make sure I get you to a Royal Caribbean cruise line expert at Dreams Unlimited Travel to help you plan your cruise and give you all the answers you're looking for. And uh, we're going to end the show with our usual agent spotlight. This week, we're going to be highlighting Allie Thomas-Reeves. Uh, Allie lives in Florida with her husband, Josh, and their black lab, Justice. They love to travel and enjoy participating in races, especially the run Disney races. Allie became an agent with Dreams Unlimited Travel in February of 2011 after growing up visiting Disney 15 times. Living in Florida now allows her to visit Disney and Universal quite often. She considers it a joy to share her passion and knowledge of Disney with her clients. Allie specializes in Walt Disney World, Disney Cruise Line, Universal Orlando, and Royal Caribbean Cruises. So if you're interested in any one of those and working with Allie, you can write to her at Allie, A-L-L-Y, at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. I think that picture's from her wedding. She's so pretty. She uh, recently got married. She's and very she's pretty. And she's just pretty on the inside, too. She's great. She is great. And that'll do it. Thank you all very much. Thank you, panel, for participating. Thank you, everybody at home, for watching and listening. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. <laughs>